Have you, either of you, done much shopping at Aldi or Lidl? Yeah, we just had a new Aldi open. It's good, isn't it? I don't think I've ever been in either in my entire life. Well. (laughs) Oh, Lord Waitrose, it's a pleasure to have you on the call. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there is one in Bath. If there is, it's not near me. It's probably not. It's probably not one allowed. (laughs) Probably this one on the outskirts. The Bath meets the wilds. If you want to go to an Aldi in Bath, you have to wait, you have to go at like 2am so none of your neighbours will see you. <laughs> but we went to one last night, but we went where we live. Only Tesco will do deliveries and it's quite expensive, in, especially cheese for some reason. Cheese is very expensive. Now we have a car now, so we drove to the Aldi and did a big shop, but we only had, and this is something you won't know, Matthew, and I haven't been to an Aldi because we got Morrison's delivered when I was having a brain. But you don't get, they don't have bags there. You have to bring your own bags. And we only had two bags for a big shop. And it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life because they scan so fast. <laughs> and and you end up, do you know when you put your stuff on, on the, the little travelator for food and you try and you're like, okay, I'll put all the dairy there and then I'll put, you know the freezer stuff separate, and then this oh, you, is the, you've got no yeah. chance of any of got that. No chance, because like, like when you, once you get to the other end, that it all goes out the window. I remember like, where know. my my parents used to live in Norfolk. There was a, a little there, and the cashiers were like, I mean, they they're always fast, but these ladies were like they were like human Gatling guns for groceries. <laughs> I know what you mean about the stress. Yeah, you feel like um like in a sort of a very mediocre 90s comedy film where someone yeah. is shown to be out of shape by failing to keep up with a tennis ball serving machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Or like like, like you're on like uh, a game show and and Rylan should be yelling at you with yeah. his lovely teeth. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was awful, but I tell you what, I've got so much food now. It's great. <laughs> Did you like impulse by a lawnmower? No. You got it wrong. Listener to this episode 187 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. And this is the best funny games special. And got me thinking last week after we talked about some funny stuff, so there may be some crossover. But I don't know, things could get wild this week because I'm joined by Yakuza Chimp. It's me, Yakuza Chimp. <laughs> oh, I really dig your work. <laughs> and. Because you stole the digger. I steal a digger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also that Joker sixty nine four twenty. Uh actually I, I think you'll find it's tilde tilde asterisk <laughs> that joker, joker. sixty nine yeah. four twenty asterisk tilde tilde. Sorry, yeah. Welcome An to extremely your... serious man. Welcome to your dark and twisted nightmare. The uh... was it welcome to my world, please. Please wait until it's come to a complete stop. God, the early noughties internet was a time. You know, the Joker um, just hears this as a normal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what we're going to talk about this week is, is funny stuff. But first of all, of course, I shall ask how you are. Matthew, how are you? Any uh, any crazy antics this week? Um, I went to a Divine Comedy concert and my trousers fell down. That was one thing that happened. Um, <laughs> and uh, the podcast we've peaked. And uh, but I've got uh, got some Blorco updates as well. Oh really? Has someone reached out to you to to license? Well, I, no, I was going to give a shout out to a friend of the show, uh, Jeffrey Card, who's um, a chap who. Yeah. Um, who worked us into uh, State of Decay 2 has added uh, a trait 
to <laughs> a, a trait to state of decay two, which characters can have, which is called uh, roped a viral tweet. And Amazing. if they have this, they get a minor bonus to their standing in the community. And uh, characters with that trait are apparently very likely to be nicknamed Blorco. So thank Excellent. you. For, <laughs> thank you for the Blorco, Blorco nod, keeping the dream alive. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, also, I was lamenting the death of the Blorco tweet on Twitter and uh, Blorco death. when I did the Blorco tweet originally the thing that jumped out or the thing I remember from it is that it was liked by the creator of Mayor of Easttown which was like <laughs> my ce- bizarre celebrity interaction um, and then I was lamenting how Blorco was dying and then I, I got a tweet from the creator of Mayor of Easttown and he said I say it's me Blorco constantly <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So, so that was good. <laughs> it lives. A, it, it just tickles me because of all the just such a. If you've seen Mayor of Easttown, it's like quite a bleak police procedural starring Kate Winslet, and it, yeah. it's just funny that the brilliant mind <laughs> from which that stems clearly is like big, big into Blorco. <laughs> big, well into Blorco. Well, that's good. Thank you so much again, Jeffrey. You are doing more work promoting this podcast than we ever did. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> good thank man. you so much. Yeah, good man yourself. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. The Blorco Army representing <laughs> this week. Hashtag hot the, Blorco summer. <laughs> the Blocktalian. Uh, Nate, how are you? How are you getting on? Powered by blockchain technology. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> Hold on, I'll just feed myself slowly into a log chipper. It's been good. Um, yeah, no, I've been all right. Oh, a terrible migraine again this week. I'm, I'm becoming my middle-aged dad's just uh, intermittent migraines as life events cracking. Otherwise, pretty good, though. I've been making a, a goblin petrol tanker with the main body of the container being fabricated at its core from two empty cans of Rio. <laughs> Uh, yep. Which seems, yeah, it seems very on brand. Very powerful. Like to think goblins would use Rio as petrol. I do, <laughs> and I'm a goblin. Oh, there you go. I told you about the the bin goblins, didn't I? Already. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, definitely bin bin goblin energy. Yeah. No. Pretty good. Got some new uh, wooden garden furniture. <laughs> wow. Every sentence I say makes me more middle aged. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna stop. This is the most normal behaviour. It's sickening. From you, yeah. Um, Migraines and garden furniture. Yeah. What's going on, mate? Oh, wait. So have you not, like, s- slaughtered a deer and, and you know, smoked it and then, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Also, I slapped a clown at the opera. Yeah. Uh, there we go. <laughs> we should circle back and ask Matthew about his trousers falling down, actually. But, oh, yeah. uh, before we do that, apologies to Henry Cavill because we completely forgot about your birthday, which was, of course, uh, on the 5th. Oh, he's definitely not um, coming on now. You and blew I'm it. so sorry, Henners. Vitamin H, please forgive us. He had a lovely barbecue where he made chicken and uh, tzatziki and saffron rice with, I believe, his longtime girlfriend, who he doesn't post about much because I think people, as they do, got angry that he had a girlfriend. Uh, he's also posted about his dog. They want him uh, to just be lonely. No, they want him to be going out with them. Oh, no, right, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, <laughs> Poor bloke. This, we want I you want to live this alone. sad, lonely experience for the rest of your days. <laughs> Fit um, in H. But he's not. He's got a lovely girlfriend. And good, good for you, Henry. I hope you're very happy together. His <laughs> last post on Instagram was of he's got a lovely big dog called Cal. It did make me laugh because he obviously he has some kind of like deal, sponsorship deal with Muscle Tech. So he's posted a picture <laughs> of like his dog sitting at the gym next to his muscle tech shake you know device right. uh saying my two essential gym buddies so that's like his dog and his uh sponcon that's nice oh no i hate the idea of him being imprisoned by brands mm-hmm. he's imprisoned by our brand and in fairness he probably does gym a lot so you know you should rename his dog muscle tech <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a really good name for a dog. Because yeah. <laughs> then you can shout it in parks, which is like good for branding, and also yeah, not mad, yeah. it's, you got It'd be an even, even better name for a son. 
Yeah, do you remember in like the the two thousands when people camera. were getting like muscle tech tattooed on their foreheads or like <laughs> calling their children muscle tech? This is uh, this is my son, Muscle Tech Jones. <laughs> As you can see, he's extremely technical and muscular. <laughs> Bit bad if you were a frail boy. Yeah. <laughs> Called Muscle Tech. Anyway, Henry Cavill, how much would it cost for us to sponsor you? How how much for you to do an Instagram post about? Listening to your favourite podcast. I bet he does listen. It's not. It's not impossible to think that he has heard this. Yeah, true. I hope, oh, that's, I that's hope made he me has. all giddy now. Come Hi, Henry. And, Hello. Uh, come to our house for dinner. Henry, come on and talk about Warhammer. We know you'd love to. I bet he's or building a tanker out of Rio cans right now, or empty. Is is Muscle Tech a food? I don't know. Well, so it's like, a like he's understood to possess one of my books, so he, he may have read it. Really? And uh, there is the bit at the end where the main Necron turns to the camera and endorses the Electronic Wireless show. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Henry, what was, what's your favourite kit bash? So much to talk about, so little time. Uh, right, now Matthew, pivoting away from that, what? how did your trousers fall down? I just... I. I, it was a it was a seated performance and yeah. I slid I was slipping out of my chair so I slid back and my jeans caught and I sort of slipped my ass slipped out of my trousers basically and then I was trapped in my chair because I couldn't stand up without exposing my full <laughs> ass to the women behind us um, and so I was trying to wait for all the lights to go off so I could jump up and do it but um, the song transitions were too fast and then right. <laughs> A third from the end, he was like, everybody dance! And then I, I did a very slick, as everyone sort of was in the chaos of getting up on their feet. Yeah, I hiked my jeans up and uh, yeah, I got away with it, basically, was the short version. Um, <laughs> did I say how I went to see Ghost the other week? But the that film? Prob- no, no, the band. Oh, right. It's the first bit of live music I've seen in ages and I don't think I actually mentioned it. It's very good. Did your trousers fall down? No, they were rigid. That sounds terrible. I was not yeah. erect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just came out wrong. <laughs> yep. Ma- Matthew going to a concert and then spending the entire concert trying to pull his trousers up is would be like the B plot of the episode where I get trapped in in a little. Right. That that's powerful. 90s sitcom episode if, if it was a sitcom there'd be a point where they're like you stand up and dance and then i refute or like everyone stands up and dances yeah, i'm the only one who isn't i'm in the middle of the front row and they're like why aren't you dancing and then i have to try and explain that i can't because of my trouser situation if we were a sitcom would it follow the sort of always sunny formula where like there's there's like two of us doing something in the a plot and one of us in the b plot because they usually have one of the gang get separated to do something, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I don't know if it would... Because I don't think we're, like, awful people. <laughs> no, we're not as bad, so, I would agree. Yeah. Speak for yourself. So I don't, but do you, I don't think it would be, like, that sort of, you know, Seinfeld, it's always sunny kind of thing where every episode ends in kind of misery for us. But also, I don't think we should triumph either because that would be inherently uncomedic. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think in that episode, I would also be in the little failing to notice your predicament. Oh, okay, yeah, you'd be doing... I'd be buying lawnmowers. Yeah, just more and more lawnmowers. <laughs> That's it, yeah. There we go. That's my role sorted. If you ever see us in, in high-quality budget supermarket, uh, the supermarkets are available, listener, help out. You yeah, know? please. We need it. <laughs> I think it would be a very unbalanced sitcom. I think it would be like Seinfeld, but with like three Kramers. (laughs) But the Alabaster Titan would also be in it. He'd be like the, he'd be the equivalent of Danny DeVito in Always Sunny. (laughs) But from, you know, the comedy of our lives, let's move on to talking about intentional comedy in video Uh, games. Your responses to my segues are getting so phoned in, Matthew. (laughs) I was just silent this time. Well, I respect that, whereas I feel like it's like like when a toddler comes up to you and does the same trick a million times and you just start going, (laughs) oh, yeah. So this week we are talking about the best best funny games, which is a a difficult uh, kind of line to tread, I think. A lot of games try too hard to be funny and fall off off the joke cliff. Do you agree? 
Do you remember that um, French fantasy game I reviewed last year? Uh, what was it? It was called something absolutely... The Dungeons of Na- Nahelbeck, was that it? Yes, that's right. That was... Um... <laughs> oh, I think this is really rife in like fantasy because it tries to self-parody in a sort of Terry Pratchett way and then just you know, almost gets the right balance and then tips in a huge box of epic lol cheese monkey pirate for the win bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And just becomes unpalatable (laughs) shit. That's so true. (laughs) It's... It's this sort of humour that should have died with the popularity of webcomics, and yet it still soldiers on like an undead monster. Uh, oh, man, uh, yeah, I remember webcomics. They had their yeah. moments, but, you know, it's, it's the end, they all had to burn. I used to do, like, um, a kind of creative writing club when I was at college, and um, there were just these guys there who were, like, always writing this kind of sub Pratchett, sub Douglas Adams kind of wannabe sort of zany literature. It's when you're like whole identities, you like those things and you're desperate to be those things. And it's just, it's just the worst. And there's so much of it in games, like games writing. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That's why. Cause I think a lot of game stuff is, I remember that thing. Cause it's all, it's kind of a lot based on sort of the, the reason memes are funny, right? Is just you repeat this thing over and over again. And if you understand the reference and that's your reward, Almost, yeah. But you can you can tell that web comics were fundamentally cursed because I like so many of them would have like a, a controversies section on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, can't think of one. That Gen- genuinely, this is what like sours the otherwise like really good writing of Monkey Island for me because I do think it in places it does get a bit you know lolty random which is saying because it is very witty but then like the random tofu <laughs> well, what about it <laughs> no see I like I had Monkey Island on my list of examples of good right because like and being funny because cause the tofu isn't random. It has a point. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's essentially it's meant to be funny because it's a random substance that doesn't quite fit into a quasi seventeenth century setting. And the word's kind of funny. Tofu is a funny word, but that's the thing. I don't f- like. I understand there are funny sounding words, but if your joke is it's a funny sounding word, I don't know if that's good enough, really. Well, th- look, I may be about to cause a schism okay. and a falling out. Let's rift it and drift it, baby. <laughs> but it's not a lot of the stuff that Nate says that we find funny because e.g. egg is a funny word. Absolutely, but that's because I'm good at it. Yeah, that's 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 different though. I think egg becomes a funny word in the right context. It's when people who think, oh, because this word sounds a bit funny, you know, uh, uh, very hard to give a particular example. You know it when you hear it. You're like, ah, uh, uh. yeah. It's it's like adding of doom to things. Yeah, egg it's- is like post <laughs> that thing. It's like beyond. <laughs> it's beyond that. Egg is postmodern. <laughs> I, I like to think all of my bullshit is extremely postmodern. I couldn't tell you how. Yeah, well, I'm sure you like to think that. <laughs> I couldn't necessarily tell you really what postmodern means. I've got a vague idea, but I wouldn't want to say sit an examination on it, which I did once. <laughs> well, look, let's move away from this briefly. and Because one thing I've got on my list, on my notes here, is I've just written physics wonk games in general. Oh, so yes. like, so like your your I am bread or your octo dad. Honestly, things the like funniest that. ragdoll physics moments are in games which aren't meant to be funny at all. I really like things going wrong with clipping in inertia. So you can be having like an extremely somber cutscene in, you know, like a war game, and then the left forearm of a goon you killed 15 minutes ago <laughs> just like comes shimmying down the hillside in the background <laughs> like an anxious caterpillar <laughs> rotating on an impossible axis <laughs> and it just robs any sort of sincerity <laughs> or drama from the moment. I love it. 
So like uh, like physics wonk when there's not meant to be physics wonk. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. my syrup. Yeah. <laughs> but but then what about stuff like yeah, like surgeon sim or like as a category? Hmm. You like a totally accurate battle simulator? Oh yeah, or a tab? Yeah. That's that's extremely funny. One of the genius strokes of design in that game. Uh, for those who haven't played, it's genuinely better to look it up on YouTube. You won't fail to be entertained. You line up these units, which are you know ragdoll 3D models with bizarre powers, and just set them up in in battles and watch them flail at each other. But one of the genius design decisions, they all have googly eyes, yeah, um, yeah. which just sort of spin listlessly like blobbies as they have their sort of meaningless apocalyptic conflicts. Uh, very, very funny game. A, a game that has a bit of wonk in it, but like deliberate wonk and weirdly wonk you make happen is... Have either of you played The Magic Circle? Uh, no. So it's this first person... The, the idea of it is... Uh, it's, it's been a bit of a while since I've played it, so I might get a few of the details wrong, but you're you're basically exploring this unfinished game and trying to kind of sort of, I guess, like reprogram it um, to completion. The mechanic of it is that you can kind of go in and see the properties of objects or enemies and you can take those properties and then put them into a different object. So like you can turn a, you know, a hostile enemy peaceful by giving it like uh, the properties of a barrel, say, or something like this. So there's like a, it's like, a, it's like a programming game. It's like a programming puzzle, which in itself isn't like particularly played for laughs. Like there's this ongoing um, like commentary between these, uh, uh, I can't remember if they're like audio logs or like you hear the voices in the game, but the, the idea is that it's like the development team are kind of picking over this failed project and working out who's to blame but the game culminates with this what i think is probably like one of the genuinely one of the the funniest things i've ever seen in a game which is you you have to sabotage a character's basically his e3 game demo but like from inside the game so you get to go into his demo and you have to reprogram it so it goes and and you're just trying to make it as like ghastly as possible and the idea of like the stuff you can do like it's meant to be this big emotional thing there's just like baby involved this is a bit of a spoiler for it so i apologize in advance but um you can trigger it so like when the hero goes to pick up their baby at the end of the game like the baby turns into like a helicopter and then tries to like shoot him and stuff and you program all this stuff and then you get to watch his presentation and the whole time you're like oh this is going to be so great i've programmed all this horrible stuff and it's really going to be like a disaster <laughs> for him and when it happens it still manages to be 10 times funnier than you thought it was gonna be <laughs> like it absolutely it's like the punchline to the game but it it delivers so hard i was roaring with laughter at the at the chaos i'd sowed <laughs> in it and it was like the anticipation and then the delivery of it is just it's one of the best game endings ever it's so funny um can you be quite creative with how you mess it up then uh i mean i've only done it the one time but you can i think you've got like quite a lot of stuff to kind of play with but it definitely revolves around this emotional scene i think with like a mother and a child so you know you can kind of mess with it but yeah i just remember this screaming baby model with like it had like a propeller coming out the top of its head and it was just like (laughs) flying around the room screaming and the guy's like oh my you know he's he's like wigging out and everything yeah so mega spoilery apologize for that but it is also properly properly funny (laughs) can't believe i've never heard of that that sounds great yeah it sounds like um there was a game i played i can't remember, it's like last year or the year what is time maybe it was even before the pandemic it's called like there is no game um, oh yeah yeah and you play a game but the game has a bug in it and stuff and then it sort of becomes other games and becomes like a sort of adware kind of fantasy puzzle yeah. game is elder like and you're sort like, of fighting with the game's announcer right he's like yeah He's like, turn um, it off, there is no game, and you're just trying to like prove him wrong. Yeah, and there's like puzzles, and it's like a commentary on g- games and stuff, but like, I found it, like, let me put it this way, John Walker loved it and thought it was really funny. <laughs> I, I, I really loved it too. <laughs> I'm, I, with John, I'm with John on this one. I understand why people liked it and thought it was very funny, I just found it very smug. <laughs> That is the problem with a Which, lot of video game humour. They, they, tr- they really tread a smug light, you know. 
It's really always... hard to do sort of fourth wall breaking without seeming smug. But it was it felt like a, a, a lot like like a lot of the jokes felt to me like predicated on kind of like you should like the right sort of game and you should understand these references. Yeah. You know? I th- yeah, I think that I, what makes that game work for me is that I think the guy doing the voice of the kind of the voice of the game with this sort of comedy French accent, I think he really like sells it. You know, he he kind of he like lands mm. a lot of the jokes. I think with a slightly wrong voice, it would it would be quite grating. But it it it, it had a, like a demented enough energy for me that it, it worked. I, I I do get why people liked it, <laughs> and like I nearly did as well. But I think like yeah. by the end, I was like, "Yeah, right, you're very clever." <laughs> yeah. One thing that I think is genuinely very very funny and and possibly one of the funniest games I've ever played is Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. Oh yeah, great writing um, in that. I think it's so funny, and it's and it's way funnier than any of the like the mainline Borderlands games. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it 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 almost made me really sad actually because I thought about what the Borderlands games could have been like if they'd had that tone, which isn't you know it's not a world different from it, but it's just so much. <laughs> and it, it's just I'd like the Borderlands games now. I feel have just driven their jokes into the ground it's like the same thing it's the repetition it's the memes it's understanding this reference oh but stallion like every time i am called upon to write uh, an article that mentions borderlands i put in a really mean joke about how not funny it is and then Catherine carefully edits it out i think it's just to get it out of my system <laughs> just like just an absolutely needless uh dig <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, rightly should not be allowed to publish. Borderlands proper <clears throat> is slightly lumbered with the fact that it's you know just a game about shooting endless things, and its its delivery of jokes is is kind of purely voiceover, and you know it doesn't it doesn't there's not a lot it can kind of do within that. I think Tales of the Borderlands, the fact that it's this like interactive adventure, and mm, there are just a lot true. more like verbs that can happen in that world. It lets yeah, them have a lot true. more fun. Like there's there's stuff that just wouldn't translate at all. But there is also like the, just the the boring thing about Tales of the Borderlands is it's just like good TV comedy writing. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, it's just that would make me laugh if it was in a sitcom. It's just simple as that. I love the joke about uh, he's got a very nerdy friend and he takes his shirt off and he's absolutely yeah. ripped <laughs> and like everyone's really disturbed by this. That's really good. It's <laughs> really good, it, and it's just the use of music and like. Mm. It's so good. Like that, one of my favorite ones is where they're like walking in slow mo to their to get on their um their cool spaceship, and the main the player character like looks to the the side and sees like his love interest and she smiles and then because it's in slow mo like her sister really slow motion like comes into frame and like frowns at him. It's really good. Yeah. Now, see, if Borderlands Main had done that joke, they would have been walking in slow-mo to their cool spaceship, then there would have been a record scratch noise and someone would have burped up like a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Borderlands proper. (laughs) And then the turd would have, like, sworn at someone in a thick New Jersey accent. (laughs) Gotta go fast and sprinted off. (laughs) And then shot a man. Dead. <laughs> and there's one more that I wanted to talk about. I know I've I've monopolized monopolized the airtime here for a little bit because I know Matthew must be itching to talk about Yakuza. But um and this is kind of an exception that sort of proves the rule, which is Turnip Boy commits tax evasion, which is very internet-y. But I just I found it so funny. Like it's very oh, I remember you the, yeah, proper lols like, that, didn't you? I proper did. And I I I think it was maybe the way it did it, or but or, or maybe just that like the at the root of it is like a turnip, a sentient turnip boy, who will tear up any paperwork anyone gives him. Uh, and this includes like someone asks him to do, like he is asked to do the classic early RPG mission, which is to like deliver a letter to someone. And turnip boy just stares and smiles blankly, right? So someone's like, "Can you give this love letter to you know whoever Sarah? I'm really shy." And turnip boy is like, "Yes," and then. And then the only action you can do is to just tear up this guy's love letter in front of him. <laughs> Tell him it, boy. Or like you do something for someone and they draw like a really nice, like kind of anime, like picture of Turnip Boy and you tear that up in front of her as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like the only thing you can do when anyone gives you any bit of paper is to tear it up. See, that's the kind of thing that makes me laugh out loud because, like, I I enjoy like really well written dialogue and stuff. But I, you know, for example, like watching TV comedies, I will rarely laugh out loud. Uh, things that do really get me. Have you seen? Um, uh, I think you should leave the Tim Robinson thing. Mm. I've seen bits of it, but just that sort of really aggressive absurdity, like quite unsettling, just abrupt oddness. Yeah, and just really calculated doses of inhumanity in otherwise normal situations <laughs> yeah. really, really, really get me. Um, and I think that's why I, I really love unintentional humor in games so much more than anything intentional because that I think they simulate that. The one I was going to bring up, uh, the, the other one I had in my pocket, uh, was Ark Survival Evolved. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed so much at a game because they, they've, they've never truly fixed it on a basic level. It's an incredibly janky game. It's just so brutish and uncomfortable. Not smooth in any way. I think if I had to choose a single example from that game, it would just be the character models. It's impossible to use the Ark Survival of All character creator to not make something that looks like it's come out of a Monster Factory video. (laughs) (laughs) Because they all want to be like, they want to give you options to make these characters like hyper masculine. So just it's all bulbous muscles. Like imagine if you had like a sealed bag full of marbles and you can sort of squash it, but the marbles will just pop up in other places. That's kind of how it feels with character models. You try and make, you know, the, the shins a reasonable size and their thighs become like, you know, uh, Aldi freezer cabinet gammon joints. Um <laughs> And their faces all look like, you know, Popeye after spending six million years in hell. I love it. <laughs> Popeye as seen in Event Horizon. <laughs> you don't need eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. People should make more references to uh, uh, Popeye and Event Horizon. <laughs> Event Horizon should be a cultural touchstone for more people. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Matthew, do you want to talk about Yakuza? Yeah, I mean, I talked a lot about it last week when I was talking about the chimp who steals the digger and just yeah. how preposterous it was. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think the, the thing with Yakuza is it has these really ridiculous situations and sort of what I was saying last week, they're kind of... They're not half-arsed, but they're really, like... They're, they're done on quite an extreme budget in terms of, like, character animation, and they're not voiced, which I think really helps sell, like, the absurdity of them because it's just these very blank text boxes. And they also have this sort of habit of representing things in just the most sort of stereotypical way possible. You know, like, if you're chef, you'll wear a massive chef's hat, or if you're a banker, you'd probably carry, like, a big bag of money. Like they're really not above that kind of visual storytelling, which I think really adds to how how daft it is. Also, because I guess there's some like a lot of the subs, it's particularly the side stuff in those games. Um, you know, there's often quite a lot of like adult subject matter or like violence or some sort of sexual edginess involved. But then it's married to this quite kind of simplistic, childish visual style of some of the characters, which I think really just lands in a great spot. I was just looking up, there's a sort of famous character in Yakuza 0 who's this, like, man in pants called Mr. Libido. <laughs> called Mr. Libido. Um, yeah. But when you first meet him, I think before you know his name formally, I think he always appears in text boxes as the walking erection. And yeah. he's it's literally just a character model in his pants, and he, like, hip thrusts a lot. And it's sort of constantly dancing around. And whenever you sort of see him, your character reaction is always like, oh, no, not this guy again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. And it has like a complete like willingness to sort of undermine the kind of coolness of like the core of the game, I think, is, is the key to it. You know, where it is the main stories are these quite knotty gangster kind of crime thrillers you know with Mm. all this kind of like you know honor and sacrifice and quite high stakes 
But then the second you step outside of those stories, it's everyone, you know, it's just completely bonkers. They Is it a Japanese developed game? Yeah. Yeah, I think like Bathos in is really well handled in a lot of Japanese media I've I've enjoyed. Like the, there's just a real willingness to mix the sublime and the ridiculous in a way I really respect. Mm. Which yeah. I think, you know, a lot of I think a lot of things suffer from not yeah, from be- being afraid to to have little ridiculous sideshows like that. I think that's pretty. I've, I've got to play Yakuza, haven't I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you haven't. All right, I'm going to buy it. I mean, you've also got to play every Final Fantasy game still. Oh, I don't, uh, no, don't I was, I was released from my contract. Uh, hey. <laughs> I think you'll find that was written into my employment contract, definitely. So yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. Okay. There's, I think there's also something like brilliantly kind of incredulous about the main characters in Yakuza in that they are these like, you know, they've designed to be really cool. Like being cool is definitely like the big selling point of these games. And yet they meet all these complete weirdos and they're, they're always willing to get pulled into whatever mad business they're in. Like in a, I'm pretty sure it's Yakuza zero. There's this like, um, like punk band that don't know how to be punks. Or they're like they've just started a punk band, but they don't understand what punk's about, and you have to like feed them lines and things to like shout out in their concert, so that they can like impress the crowd. But you can also like feed them just all this nonsense, so that they say all this weird stuff, and then you fail and they have to do it again. But it's it's just it's constantly there's like no subtlety at all. Like with the dialogue choices, there's always like this is clearly like the big lol option. And it wants you to press it just so you can hear it and see what happens. And there's there's no there's no surprises. And I like that kind of honesty about it. It's just like this is what I'm about. Press this, and comedy will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know we always talk about Dragon Age, but in Dragon Age Two, because Dragon Age has the sort of renegade and paragon kind of thing that you get in Mass Effect, so you can be like a good person or a nice person. But in Dragon Age Two, they kind of tried something a little bit different so you have like you can be the nice person or the nasty person or you can be like the purple hawk they call it because the the choice is color-coded purple which is just like kind of comedy asshole almost like like it that's always the kind of sarcastic irreverent choice and it sounds terrible but it actually works pretty well Mm. if if you consistently go for that choice i mean semi-finally before we go on to the um the caveat. I feel like like we we have sort of kind of loosely defined. I think that there are games that are trying to be funny, and there are games that make it easy for you to do a funny thing, or w- that wherein funny things can happen. Right? Yeah. So like, for example, I, maybe Untitled Goose Game sort of straddles the two because in Untitled Goose Game you can make it a lot funnier. I think. If you yourself have uh, a good sense of comedic timing, <laughs> yeah, things which like was... that are like a farcical, a fast toolkit, aren't they? Yeah, but I suppose the question is like, do, which do you think in video games is is going to reliably produce funny things more often? Uh, it feels like maybe the latter. <laughs> There's no no question for me. Yeah, yeah. What what games have? I'm not going to say uniquely as an art form, but you know what the, the what they do is, yeah, they allow you to to s- severely shove around at the edges of the story that is being told, if there is a story being told, and when there's not being a story told, yeah, you can you can make your own fun. But I think the yeah the sweet spot for me is where you know there there is a sequence of things that is meant to play out. But you can bedevil that. It's like you were saying last week, where you start like legging it down a hill while your character is having a monologue about whether they should go forward or not. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that writ large, basically. And that appeals to my sense of mischief. Mm. Yeah. I think I suppose the problem is is the same as with any media. It's the same in books and it's the same in films and stuff, which is that I think most people think they're funny or at least think, like don't think they're not funny you know um but the reality is that actually like most people like portal is very very funny right that terry pratchett very very funny 
you're probably not Terry Pratchett, you know? Most people aren't, famously. Yeah, yeah famously. <laughs> like, you're worrying you're prob- if they were. You're probably not going to write a port. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try. But the number of, and this ties into the cabin, but the number of games that are tagged with, like, funny or, like, dark humour on <laughs> Steam is, is a sight to behold. You know? I'm looking May- forward to the cav. I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> Good. Uh, do you want to do it? Just, just get it over with. Let's do a, a cavern sting. Hey! Oh, it's the cavern of lies. Uh oh! Someone funny did that sting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome. You are indeed in in uh, uh, an underground comedy club. Ooh. Uh, Somewhere in London, it's called like you know the Giggle Factory or whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> the Chuckle uh, Box, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, and it, you had to go down some stairs. There's not there's sort of a bar, but the beer is all in you know it's in plastic cups and it's kind of room temperature. Clearly, this event space is used for something else most of the time. That sort of thing. There's sort of a stage, but it's like a cut. Do you know, you've been you've been to one, right? There are going to be five performers who are coming up, but they're they're all video games that have self-selected as funny on Steam. Oh god! Or I suppose the reviews have. So how do they apply tags on Steam these days? I can't remember. Um, but they're under funny on Steam anyway. And they're, and they're under funny, I imagine. Oh <laughs> And <Oy. laughs> uh and uh, but we've heard rumours here at yeah, Alice's laugh box that one of these people is actually lying about their CV and they're not a real funny game. So you need to pick pick out the the joker we, are we from amongst these jokers. Yeah, you can bounce them out, basically. Yes. There you go. So they're going to come on stage one at a time. Okay. Uh, what I've done as well to kind of try and make this as chaotic and fair as possible is i i looked them all up earlier and i've copied like the first line or couple of lines depending on length from their steam description and then i closed steam down so you can ask me what i remember about the trailer and screenshots (laughs) and then you'll have to decide whether i'm improvising or whether i am just trying hard to remember all right so uh first of all it's sausage fest Right. Sausage Fest is an online top-down shooter where two to ten meat rods fight for dominance, grow quick and pound hard. <laughs> God. Um, it it was very weird. It was like they did look like sausages, like they had the little you know when you draw a, a cartoon sausage and it has a little like nubbin on the end, each end. They did look like that, but also they did have balls, but they were like. Like they sort of looked like wood or like stone, like they were sort of brown and you know perfect spheres. Right. Um, weird, isn't it? Yeah, and there there was a, one in one bit a larger sausage was shooting smaller sausages out of it. Oh, just um, like a penis would, yes, <laughs> yes. And there were different levels. There was one that was like a sort of lava and skulls and stuff <sighs> a bit piratey i think there was a snowy one there was like a a, a suburb it's so depressing isn't it yeah it had 13 positive reviews <laughs> oh but it's dumb mate <laughs> um uh, are we doing one them one by one or are we doing them all at the end yeah which would you prefer let's, let's any... do them at the end i reckon okay, okay. all right uh, all right, number two is Poop Tea. Uh, okay. All the description said is Dungeon Crawler from PewDiePie and Bulbware. And it was very much what we were talking about earlier. It's sort of like Lord of the Rings, but like everything is sort of bum themed. Uh, yeah. Or like <laughs> farts and poo. Um, you're a little worm and you fart and you do, and uh, wherever they could, wherever they could uh, put in. We're pretty funny. <laughs> wherever you, they could put in like fart or poop right. they would so instead of upgrades you had poop grades <laughs> that's um, not a joke <laughs> isn't it Matthew oh I'm laughing 
surely pop grades. No, no, I well, like the games better. Okay, oh, well, <laughs> I'm sad I'm not as funny as Poop D. <laughs> Poop D. Yeah, I'm just joking. It's garbage. Okay, number three is get your sheep together. Uh, a 3D platformer where you herd your emotions by hopping, shrinking, and dashing your way through obstacles. Don't hold in too many feelings, or it may just blow up in your face. And I remember the start of this uh, trailer specifically because the first thing is called Get Your Sheep Together, and the first thing the trailer says is, You are a bird. <laughs> 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 And, and I was like, that is very funny, but I don't know if it was. <laughs> Absolutely hopeless. Um, but yeah, you're a little trembling bird and your your emotions are represented by sheep and you have to platform round levels, to 3D platform round levels to collect your emotions and then you put them in a big orb in the sky. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds so- vague enough to be real. It sounds almost as useful as those therapy apps that companies recommend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, possibly more useful. I think the different there are different coloured sheep for different emotions, or you. I don't know. It's like yellow ones when you're happy, like in real life. Yeah, yeah. All right. Up next on stage is "Let's Go Nuts!" Exclamation mark two. <laughs> Here we go. An angry bear stole a whole large jar of nuts. Fortunately, he loses them along the way. So it's a side, side-on platformer. You are a squirrel. The jump looked kind of too heavy, if you ask me, from the video. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, only, the only levels in the video was an ice one and one like in a forest. Enemies included uh, a hedgehog and a penguin. I did not look up the first Let's Go Nuts, but I in in later on in the, in the description it said like the squirrel who was the you know the hero from the first game uh, you know it was like after beating the aliens <laughs> so to the first one presumably aliens stole the nuts. I mean, oh, this one's giving me a whiff. Uh, oh, finally, we have goblins with Zed. Okay. In this joyful fantasy world, goblins are the dominators. Build up your army and grow your kingdom for the future of all goblins. It's a strategy game. Um, it's 2D. The art is kind of uh, like cartoony, but like a bit like scribbly. Like, um, is it like top down, like Command and Conquer? I try to like not exactly top, like sort of. Because it's completely 2D, so it sort of looks like it would be isometric if it was 3D, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm with you. And uh, the art, I remember specifically because it sort of looked like, you know, when like a 14-year-old does sort of My Chemical Romance-inspired drawing. Like, it's a bit it's a bit gothic-y looking. Okay, bit cool S. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and it you from it didn't have a lot of information, but I remember one of the images had a vampire in it, and I was like, "Why vampires?" Or it might have it might have been an elf. What? It was a, I see. It was a thin person with big ears. What's the comedy element? Ears. Well, look, I am not the person who tagged this comedy, All so right. I don't know. Mm. This is very difficult. Right, what are your initial impressions? Have we had them all, yeah? Yes, sorry, that's all of them. I mean, the the unfunny platformers have just the air of, like, there's so much of that crap on Steam. That feels that feels very... It's either true or just very well observed. That's the cavern, baby. Yeah, it's the cavern. Um, and these are all real, aren't they? It's just whether they're tagged as funny or not. No, no, one of them I've made up whole cloth okay right <laughs> let's go nuts 2 is made up 100% just the vocal tells uh, you, were too, you were too assured when mentioning the aliens detail from the first game and you were too casual when mentioning the hedgehog and the penguin interesting was, was that me being I, smug I, I, yeah I'm just like pure human lie detectoring you here 
Wow. I mean, I, that wasn't the read I got. I, 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 I well, haven't look, really got a read. But, um... I mean, I would say that lie detectors are not admissible in court as, as evidence. So, <laughs> Yeah, but it's the law of the jungle down here on but the Alice cavern. Alice has done all kinds of mad stuff to trip us up. Yeah, but, you know, there's there's this whole, like, Red Baron situation we've got now, and I feel it's just got to be all or nothing <laughs> in my cavern plays from now on. Are you sure? You're going, let's go nuts too. Yeah, I did think the f- you did stall for a long time when answering whether goblins was top down, yeah. whereas someone as seasoned in summarizing games as, you know, the, <laughs> summarizing the visual nature of a game as you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think would be a lot quicker on the draw. Uh, and I, the, I think I mean, you had a moment of panic because I like <laughs> a lot of shit strategy games and you were trying to think what would be most convincing in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose the answer is it's, it's not top down, but it's 2D, so it's kind of visually slightly difficult to pass whether it's meant to be top down or not. Oh yeah, but Alice, this is like a, a child inventing new characteristics for their imaginary friend weeks after their introduction. It's, uh, it's first impressions are everything. <laughs> I don't know, Matthew. What's what's your instinct? I mean, telling I, you? I, I, that's pretty convincing on goblins. I'd be happy to target goblins if you want to tackle. Let's go nuts too. Yeah, yeah. Let's chuck them out. Let's get them out of this club. All right, so. Nate's going for Let's Go Nuts 2 and Matthew's going for Goblins. Yeah. All right. Maybe I should do two fake ones because that, that's easier to pick. To yeah, Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to out loud pitch <laughs> my, <laughs> my cavern takes. Okay. All right. How is this going to happen? Uh, Nate, you grab Let's Go Nuts 2 by the scruff of its neck. Throw it out of the club where it lands on the pavement and uh, is injured and successfully sues you in an injury lawsuit because Let's Go Nuts was real and you wounded a real game. Nuts! Indeed. You won't be going nuts three, my friends. (laughs) The bear ate my nuts. (laughs) Matthew grabs goblins. It fights back. I suppose there's a small army of goblins that are swarming around and you finally managed to to chuck them through the door where they evaporate into a cloud of smoke yes goblins was indeed the fake no well done. i mean I, I will say i only picked goblins because of nate's reasoning so this is a win for nate thanks for In restoring fact, my honor i i was trying to describe a, an image of another different game that i saw that was like it was it wasn't a goblin but it was 2d like hexagonal strategy game but it it wasn't. It was hard to tell if it was meant to be top down or not. That was just me failing. <laughs> at oh, my I job. Can't, can't believe I got busted by the Baron. Yeah. Again. I know, Matthew. Well done. I'm still counting that as a win because of the absolute confidence with which you went after Lesko Nasty. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You you've managed to become really convincing at sounding like you're doing a convincing lie <laughs> telling the truth this is how many layers were going down now it's like inception the cavern is just like <laughs> like ai is battling at the end of time god complexity <laughs> oh well, great work matthew uh get out of here take your lousy friend with you let's go nurse our wounds <laughs> Alrighty, that's about it for this week, but we do have time for recommendations, because uh, every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Matthew, what are you recommending this week? I'm recommending the TV adaptation of the book Tokyo Vice, which is, I think it's been airing in the States a little bit, it's only just started over here in the UK, which is a, a big expensive HBO show based on Jake Adelstein's book Tokyo Vice about his time as a journalist on a, a Tokyo newspaper and he gets involved with like Yakuza. Uh, I've not read the book. I think it's like, like, I think like a lot of people's grasp or ideas of Yakuza in the West comes from it, I think. Um, I think it's quite a big 
big, big seller. But it's just, a, yeah, a, a really expensive crime thriller that's been made in Tokyo. And it's just amazing to see a, yeah, I say a Western show. It's got a largely Japanese cast, but yeah, just really expensive, super authentic. No green screen like they're really there in the city. It's got Ken Watanabe as a sort of a grizzled police detective who's pairing up with the uh, journalists to hunt down uh, gangsters. It seems seems very cool. Exceedingly my jam, as they say. Where can I watch this? Uh, it's on, in the UK, annoyingly, it's on Stars Play. Oh, sod that. I'm never watching it. Which is a it. channel of Amazon <laughs> Prime. <laughs> Sounds good though, it really does. Yeah, it's, I'd be it's well cool. Up that. Um, I, some it's got it's got the chap that people are a little iffy on now um, from West Side Story. That's the downside with it. Who's that, Mister West Side Story? I think he's cancelled. And Ansel Elgort. Yeah, I'm not he's, sure if he's cancelled or not. Who knows? Yeah, I don't Who know. Cares? Well, he's in this, and he's good in it. Yeah, uh, he's got like it involves him speaking a lot of Japanese, and uh, to my ear, anyway. He sounds quite authentic. Like there's shows where people really mangle that stuff, and it just feels like they've really done their research. The first episode, the pilot was directed by Michael Mann, so it's pretty classy. Mm-hmm. It sounds very good. I should check it out. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, a documentary on Netflix. I haven't recommended a Netflix documentary for a while, but we watched White Hot: The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. It's a single, like it's a film. It's like an hour and a half, two hours, I guess, and it's about the clothes company Abercrombie and Fitch as an English person who only really just sort of experienced Abercrombie and Fitch being very popular when I was a teenager uh, but I didn't wear any because I was one of the the cool goths that got bullied obviously (laughs) I didn't realise there was all this scandal and stuff that had happened and was ongoing in America because I wasn't you know plugged into happening it's actually very interesting to what's the gist i had no idea of this well basically that it was an extremely racist company (laughs) um uh, and uh and its hiring practices and it would uh it decided what good looking was and if you weren't good looking enough uh usually because you weren't white you were shoved out the back in the stock room that kind of thing and then there's sort of detail of its um attempts to kind of not be massively racist and then its CEO kind of got hoiked out and stuff and now it's trying to reinvent itself as like a you know it's a brand for cool people but cool people means everyone kind of thing um, screw them uh, it was pretty interesting and yeah would recommend and it's not a, a documentary about people getting dismembered by serial killers which is always a plus hmm. um, always a treat Nate what are you recommending this week I'm actually passing on a recommendation uh, from a friend of the show and a listener this time. Um, I was hanging out with my friend Claire last week, who I didn't realize was a listener to the podcast, <laughs> uh, but is. And I was quite peckish. So we went into a Tesco and she recommended Grace's Lemon and Blueberry Oat Square Bites. They're 30 grams each. Absolutely perfect if you just want something nutritious and energy gents uh, without being a bit much so thank you claire thank you grace <laughs> i used the little to, things i used to subscribe to grace back when it was like a box that would send you like healthy snacks except i selected all of the unhealthiest snacks like the flapjacks and stuff because i didn't like any of the healthy ones yeah it became rapidly apparent they were just quite good at making sweets yeah <laughs> oh well uh Thank you for those recommendations, lads. And thank you, listener, for listening to this episode 187 of the Electronic Wireless Show, the best funny game special. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Rock Paper Shotgun. You can join our Discord and have the bands in the chats and learn about why animals can only get so small, but also talk about games if you want to as well, I guess. If you must. Um, if you must. Uh, you can pick up some merch. You can... Uh, read the website and which is www.rockpapershotgun.com and you can try and get henry cavill to come on the show <laughs> please please actually don't harass henry cavill i wouldn't help would it oh um, yeah god no don't thank you very much everyone and uh look out this week because we have posted uh our late supporter podcast and we're recording another one momentarily nate what's the nate file about this time wow they're big they're gray they're elephants. <laughs> <laughs>
Good. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you very much once again for listening, and thank you, Matthew and Nate. <laughs> Until next week, it's goodbye from all of us here at the Electronic Wireless Show. Bye. Bye. Au revoir.